Hello and welcome to this week's French Football Weekly Podcast. I say this week, uh, my name is Chris, by the way, I am your host and I have a confession to make. Myself and my sparring partner for this evening, Mr. Jeremy Smith. Good evening, Jess. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. Uh, we, we have a small confession, don't we, Jess? Um, we, uh, we we did record a podcast last week, didn't we? But um, basically, when Phil's not here, the world falls apart. So uh, <laughs> we the podcast that never was. Um, there there was one last week, but we, we just couldn't get it onto the site. And uh, chaos ensued, ensued. So, um, Jess, can you confirm that there was indeed a recording last week? I'm not just making this up. Not only was it. Uh, recording it probably was the greatest podcast ever recorded literally but, uh, yeah yeah it was it was stunning uh, from start to finish it was effortlessly it's brilliant it's basically schrodinger's podcast now yeah yeah um i actually had an email from joe rogan saying i can't go on <laughs> at this point because you guys have just done it all so uh the podcast that never was what can you do anyway um phil is not back with us just yet but she is back so this podcast should go up um phil's a bit poorly she's come back from a birthday and she's not feeling herself so uh me and jez are going to fumble our way through uh, a weekend of lots of goals and lots of stories jess we've got plenty to talk about so uh let's put last week to bed and uh talk about the weekend weekend that was in Ligue 1. We're going to start at the top and um, work our way down. PSG Brest. If I'd have said to you at half-time PSG would be 2-0 up and all would be good, I'm sure you'd have been like, yeah, well, I kind of saw that coming. Brest have had a good season. It's all been great, but you know, it's bound to come to an end at some point. But that doesn't tell the whole story, does it? Because Brest got out of this game with a 2-2 draw. Uh, thanks in no small part to some fantastic tactical work from Eric Wah and uh, a delightful backfield finish from uh, from Pereira Large and um, a rather fortuitous. They're giving it to Camera, but I think it was almost an own goal from Pereira. Um, yeah, talk to me about this. I mean, at two 0 Asensio and Colin Wiley seem to have put the game out of reach, but PSG just—I mean—they did that thing they do, don't they? Where they just kind of switched off and and they were punished for it. Yeah, I mean. First of all, there's there's sort of precedent in that the first match of the season between the two, Brest came back from 2-0 down to 2 all, but mm. then PSG scored a, a later winner. Um, I mean, the, the first half was very PSG-ish as well. It was like lots of possession, but pretty boring, insipid stuff. Didn't create that much. Mbappe sort of had one of his faces on... Hmm. Um, I mean, I don't know if it's to be fair to PSG because obviously they got a much deeper squad than than Brest, and and um, yeah, I'm not going to kind of feel sorry for them, but um, it was a bit of a change. PSG starting eleven, it wouldn't necessarily be your your kind of immediate, instinctively first choice eleven. You know, Zaire Emery playing it looked like right back, for example, um, but. Yeah, it was still pretty insipid stuff. It was still Brest that looked the more sort of entertaining of the two teams. But as usual for PSG, and you know, let's be frank, this has kind of been the case for probably most of the last 10, 12 years and in the QSI era, it was the sort of individual talents that made the difference. And um, the first goal was a 
a brilliant it was a nice ball by Barcola and a brilliant volley by Asensio and the second one I think it was the same two players combining it was a decent Asensio shot that was kind of palmed into the path of or it was a good save but it was kind of went into the path of Colomuani who you know got on the score sheet but again did very very little during the match um so yeah at 2-0 at half time at home you kind of think oh, this is sort of going to be you know a cakewalk PSG will just sort of sleepwalk through the, the second half and, and come away with a win but Brest I think fully deserved the the draw both for as I said sort of having the guts to go for it at, at PSG and, and play decent football. And, you know, at least one of PSG's goals actually came from a break from from a breast attack as well. Mm. Um, and, yeah, again, just PSG not, do, not doing enough, not looking enough of a team. Uh, certainly, as I said, with the sort of mitigating circumstances that it was far from their starting back four, um, not looking at all solid defensively. Um, and yeah, I mean, good for Brest for for standing up to them and getting something out of it. And as usual with PSG, it's sort of like, where are they? Where are they at? You know, they've still got a comfortable cushion at the top of Ligue 1, but yeah. as ever, that's not really what their main focus. And do they look anywhere closer to a team capable of winning the Champions League at this stage? Yeah. I could hear Delia from here. Where are they? Um, and by the way, I mean, PSG really should have been docked points just for wearing that kit, to be fair. Um, I'm Especially not at home. Yeah, I, I, I get it. It's marketing. Um, but yeah, Nike have let them down there with this fourth fourth kit, Jordan branded snakeskin off yellow. Yeah, not not one of their better ones. Although I I believe they're ending the Jordan partnership as of next year, so hopefully we won't be treated to any more of those abominations. But yeah, is I agree he, with you. Is he going to Saudi Arabia? <laughs> Apparently, they're going to they they want a London club. So it looks like Chelsea or Spurs are going to be donning the Jordan brand next year. I'd be careful if I were you, because that kit reminds me of an Arsenal second kit of a few years ago. <laughs> what the 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 new PSG one? The go- yeah, well, the, just the gold. I mean, not the detail. Oh, but... yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the gold. This one, to me, though, it's more of a greeny shade, isn't it? It's kind of like a, yeah, it's like an off, like, puke, puke goldy green. Yeah, anyway, moving on. Um, One other thing to mention this game, Bradley Barcola was sent off late on for a booking and then the subsequent second booking a few minutes later. The first booking was for frustration. The second booking was for even more frustration, um, nothing to see here, really, is it? I mean, he was the bright spark on the night again. You mentioned Mbappe; uh, he had a he had a strop on all game and, and a couple of really bad dives, by the way. I mean, I'm a big fan of Mbappe, as I'm sure you are. But ahead of the Euros, I quite like him to stop this diving stuff now because it, it is getting quite irritating. Where he just flings himself to the floor and looks up as if to say, "Well, I'm Mbappe. Give me a penalty." And it's just it's a bit embarrassing, I think. But yeah, is there a little bit of a tinge of that about Barcola? Like a little bit of a uh, little bit of sort of benefit of youth, maybe, but also a bit of the "I've made it" kind of thing. I, I I don't know. It just looked like a just looked like it was very easy to wind up with these two bookings. I thought well, the first one I think was given for a foul, and I thought it was a non-existent foul. So I can understand why. I mean, I don't. 
I don't think the player dived. I think he sort of just lost his balance or whatever. And I don't, I don't really get why he was booked for that. So yes, I can understand why he was frustrated. But then the second one, probably because he was pissed off, because it was only two minutes later, yeah. it was a very petulant kick out. It was very stupid. And so, yeah, it's probably the kind of stupidity of youth. But um, mm. you should know better, really. But, you know, those things happen. They happen quite a lot. So... Yeah. I don't yeah, I don't think there's too much to read into it. But um no. it's not doing as you said, like he probably for the for the last few weeks he's probably been PSG's best player. So it's silly of him because, you know, he you know, yeah. potentially could sort of lose his momentum or someone else could fill in and and do well in his absence. I guess it was a second booking, so it's only gonna be one match fans, so yeah, yeah, it was it was definitely born out of frustration. I agree with you. I think. And we'll talk about another sending off later. Someone who should, you know, is a lot older and should know better, really. Yeah, it's quite a few this weekend actually in terms of Reds. But um, yeah, Lise Malou was uh, definitely bought the first one. Bit of experience there, I think, when he went down and uh, Barkler ultimately saw Reds. Um, let's let's come on to a game with another red card. I suspect this is the one you were referring to. Marseille two, Monaco two. Um. Just before we go into the game, I just want to address the, the actually the first sending off. Uh, 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 is this the one you're referring to, the Maripan sending off? No, no, it's the other one. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I agree. So, uh, Dennis Zakaria um, also saw red in this one for late on. I, I don't know about you, and I'm not, I, I don't really want to be that guy, but did Willie Delajo kind of ruin this game? And it sounds silly to say ruin it because it was a 2 2 draw. Um, ben Yedda continuing his good form, uh, at least on the pitch, less said off the pitch, the better. And um, Akliouj, who's continuing to build a real uh, reputation for himself as, as one of the upcoming stars of, of this year's uh, Liga. Aubameyang had equalised for Marseille in between times and then Balerdi with, of all people, uh, with a rocket just into the second half. And it ended 2-2. But Willy Delajo sent off Maripan... I just thought, I get the whole last man thing, but it was a hell of a long distance to go. And it just felt like a bit of a rash decision. And this was in the 11th minute to to send off a player. What, what did you make of that whole red card offence? And we should give Monaco some credit because he played really well to come away from the velodrome with a, with a draw. I think that the minute or whatever is completely irrelevant. I don't like... I hate it when people say, oh, he ruined the game by sending someone off early. Like, if you deserve to be sent off, you deserve to be sent off, whether it's the first minute or the 90th. But there was, in my opinion, absolutely no way he deserved to be sent off. I mean, yeah. he was... I mean, in theory, he was the last man, but the ball was sort of heading kind of away from goal into the yeah. corner. I mean, you know, avoiding all the sort of flippant remarks you can make about the fact that also it was Vitinha, so it's not a goal-scoring <laughs> opportunity by definition anyway. Um, I It was, you know, even if he was sort of the last man, strictly speaking, as in the furthest forward player at that point, by the time he sort of turned infield to go towards the goal, there were enough other players covering. I just thought it was a disgraceful decision. I thought it was absolutely no way that was a send-offable offence. Mm. Um, booking fine, even then. I mean, to be honest, like he went down about five minutes after there was contact, yeah, that's and the contact was minimal. So, I'm not even 100% it was short, uh, sure it was a foul, but if you're going to give the foul, it was definitely not a yeah, uh, sort of you know, last man, not situation, not it was not the last man, but um, 
what's the phrase, preventing a goal scoring opportunity. Yeah, yeah, definitely wasn't. They ruined the the match to the extent that it was a bad decision that forced the team to play 85 minutes uh, a man down when they shouldn't have been. But not not because of when it happened, just because it was the wrong decision. Yeah, agreed. Should should we be? Because uh, I, I want to give Monaco credit because they they really did fight for this and and they really earned their stripes. And I say two very good goals. But is is the bigger question of Marseille again because they haven't really looked sharp since coming back from the restart. Um, sort of after the the the, the, um, the winter break, they've lost a few players. Jonathan Close went went off with what looks like a pretty serious injury. He was in tears when he got substituted. But they've brought in a couple of players as well, but. It does something's not quite clicking, is it, for Marseille? And as I say, credit to Monaco because they deserve their point. But is the bigger story the fact Marseille can't win at home again? Again, I just I'm not sure. It's a vintage Marseille team, and it's funny because um, Gattuso gave an interview a few weeks ago to Lekip, and he kind of said, you know, what I'm looking for in in football or in management is a place where I can feel emotions and. You know, for although the quality of football isn't necessarily as good, I think it's definitely more fun being a Marseille fan than a PSG fan in yeah. terms of the, the football you're watching. But I just, I still, I'm not sure that they're the greatest team. And, you know, I just saw that apparently Marseille are in talks with, I think it's Genoa, over a transfer for Vitinha. Yeah. Now, you know, it might just be a loan move, I don't know. But, you know, this is their record signing. And, and um, for them to be looking to to move him in any way, sort of a year after he came in, says everything you need to know about what success or not he's been. Aubameyang, mm. obviously, we, we've spoken about before. He kind of, you know, he's a very sort of patchy player, as in he'll, you know, he had a very bad run at the start of the season, then a really purple patch before Christmas, but he seems to have kind of gone back to more quiet, less effective, even though, yeah. you know, was in the right place at the right time at the weekend. So I just, yeah, I feel like, this was a great chance, you know, to be fair, the first goal was awful. Def- ben Yedder goal was awful defending. The second one, again, they they were caught in the break when they were pushing to, to you know, maybe get a, a, a lead of their own just before half time. Hmm. Um, but, you know, we had that, those two Strasbourg matches that we referred to. I think, well, we, I think we referred to it in the podcast that never went out. <laughs> There was the one where they were they fell behind and then were brilliant until they equalised and then didn't do anything, and then the other one where they took an early lead that you thought they'd sort of build on and didn't do anything after that and were sort mm. of punished with a late equaliser. Here again, it just felt like they huffed and puffed, but to an extent, never really looked like they were going to take advantage of the fact that they played you know nearly ninety minutes with a with a player advantage. Yeah. Although they really should have won, and Vitinha again missed an absolute sitter right oh, at the end of the match. That one at the end, my goodness! I, it was one of those that it's one of those that um, a commentator would say it was harder to miss, and it genuinely was, wasn't it? I just I don't know how he's got his body in that position to put it over from that that distance. It was um, he he. Yeah, rem- I don't think he even went over, did it? It sort of just. Or did it just sideways, or... yeah, kind of one of those slice ones. He reminds me a bit of Darwin Nunes in the extent that you can see that there's talent there, but he's just so erratic. Um, I don't think he's on the level of Nunes, I should stress, but he reminds me of him in, in terms of his, his play style. It, yeah, it is a weird one. I don't know. I mean, I feel like Nunes, you know, first of all, he's got the goals, you can't, yeah, 
he's one of those players that looks like he often scores by accident rather on purpose. But he's, I don't know, it's also, I think, a character thing. He's the yeah. physique, maybe he gets stuck in and something's going to happen with him. Yeah. Whereas with, yeah, with Vitinho, I don't know. I mean, you know, I think it was his shot that came off the post for Aubameyang's goal. So you can say maybe he's a bit unlucky or, you know, he, scored. He, he played a big part in, in that goal. But, yeah. you know, certainly if you're looking at him to score 20, 30 goals a season to to put Marseille back up to where, where they sort of should be, then he's he definitely does not look like that that player. No. Um, seems... But it's not fair to put it all on him either. No. No, he, he seems very introverted as a forward, and that's that would be my worry. In a club like Marseille, where you've got to be chest out and, and everything that goes yeah. with it, it just strikes me as a bit of an introvert. But, but I think also uh, kind of revealing to maybe to an extent to look at um, Marseille's bench. I know they've got, see, two or three players away at African Cup of Nations as well. But, yeah. you know, what I said earlier about PSG depth of squads, I know Marseille are not PSG, in terms of funds or whatever, but their you know their bench was Sog Soglo, Correa, Sidi Ali, Blanco, Sparania, Nyakosi, Jusila, Mayoka, Tika, Marrera. These are players that have barely got any game experience at all, let alone sort of big international names or anything like that. So yeah. you know, I think it also sort of says something to where Marseille are generally and, and the need to kind of temper expectations. Yeah, Soglo, unfortunately, the England youth international was substituted on for Klaus and then substituted off uh, in the 70s. Well, he was, he was a factor in the Zakaria sending off that, yeah, that I yeah. mentioned. So the second one was like Barclays. It was really petulant, definitely deserved the second yellow, if not a red by itself, he deserved yeah. to go. But the first one was for dissent and the way he got his face in the, ref in the referee's face, I think he deserved a yellow. But yeah he was right to be annoyed that Soglo only got a yellow for a really nasty foul. Yeah, um, I agree. So I, rec I reckon Soglo may have been taken off sort of for his own good. Saving himself. Yeah, yeah, I do agree. It was, it was a really poor challenge, the, the, the one that I was really quite surprised it didn't it didn't result in the referee reviewing that particular challenge, but yeah, yeah. he was he was indeed substituted. Um, Marseille are certainly active in terms of the transfer window shuts on uh, two days' time at time of recording, so we'll bring you whatever they may or may not do on next week's podcast. Uh, let's um, let's go to Leon Wren next. Three-two win for for Wren. D does this flatter Leon slightly? And again, I don't want to put the, the boot in because they have been better since the re res resumption of the the uh, the league. But um, Martin Terrier, of course, former Leon striker with a couple of good goals. The first one in particular is a really good finish, although I thought. The second one, um, quite where Clinton Matter was going, only he knows. Uh, Desiree Douay also with a, a really good goal. And Ren were 3-0 up and absolutely cruising. And then Leon woke up in the second half. Enrique and, and Lacazette pulled goals back. But ultimately, it was in vain. Does the does the Terrier goals just highlight that problem for Leon? You know, if you're going to sell all your players who are then going to come back and haunt you, you're going to struggle. And... Was I was I a bit have I gone too early in saying Leon will be fine because they are still in the relegation playoff spot, um, but it's defeats like this to you know at home to Ren who albeit have been better recently but not great shakes themselves. What what did you make of this particular fixture? 
Um, yeah, I mean, I think this would have been a good chance for for Lyon to kind of make a bit of a statement, which, you know, although they've they've recently shown signs of life, it's been against, um, you know, with all due respect, kind of lesser teams, and and this would have been a really good chance to say, look, we're 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 really sort of back in the sense that we're beating decent teams, as you said, Red not necessarily in the greatest form either, but on paper definitely one of the better teams in, in Ligue 1. So it was a missed opportunity in that sense. And and I still think Lyon will be okay. But again, they're, they're also active in the in the transfer window and, and it'll be interesting to see who, who they end up with or without. I still that, you know, they're after Dan Drummond is at Everton and Everton is saying we'll only consider it if you give us Jake O'Brien in return. Yeah. Which, as we've discussed before, he wasn't even meant to be a regular Leon starter, and now he's turned into their sort of defensive stalwart, which which says a lot about how their this season's going. I think they'll be okay because I think there's three worst teams, but you kind of want them to be pushing on, and they're not at all. And and remember last week, they only just you know they struggled to beat Bergerac in the cup, so it's not even just a league out issue. Mm. They have brought in Nemanja Matic. That deal has gone through, so he's come in. Um, and I chuckled at Lana in our group the other day where she simply posted the word why, um, <laughs> which amused me greatly. But yeah, Matic, uh, there was that story about him um, not getting the support for his children at school from Wren. And Wren have come out and denied that story. But the fact that they've sold him on to Leon suggests that uh, there was something in it, or at the very least, they've decided to bow to the, um, uh, the, the human side, if you will. And uh, Matic has indeed moved on. But yeah does seem like a club that are going to be active before the window closes. Um, I think for, for what it's worth, I mean, you look at the, the stats and they were pretty even. And so you could say, you know, look at it either way, sort of also bad defending by by Lyon. I mean, the first goal, Terrier's first goal, I don't think he should have been given that kind of no. space. And the third goal, you know, it went through a crowded penalty area for him to, to put it away. Maybe if Lyon's defence had been a bit sharper there as well. Yeah, um, yes. So the same matter. I don't know what he was doing for that second goal. It was so poor. I just just wasn't defending at all. He just backed off and allowed him to, to come inside. It was really, really strange, I thought. But yeah, I agreed with you there. Yeah. But it just um, it does feel like um I don't know. Ren have got more matched winners or players with a little bit more character. There just doesn't seem I mean, it's weird to say when you look at the the players in Neon's team, but even the sort of supposed leaders just seem to have I'm not sure they've got the heart for it anymore. No, no, it doesn't doesn't help doesn't help, does it? <clears throat> Certainly, when you say losing home games is never never a good thing. And one team that didn't lose at home was Nice. And uh, we we will talk Mets in a minute because we are going to talk at the bottom. But um, are, are you having Nice yet? To quote Mr. Virgo, because um, they lost last week in the in the podcast that never was. Uh, they lost two Ren last week, but they're back in to winning ways this week, and they are still in second place. They're three points clear of Brest, in fact, in second. Um, is this a case of just that they were slightly better of the two in this particular fixture? I, I imagine you were across this one. I mean, to be fair, they were sort of pretty dominant. And, you know, Ikicha had one of his better days and made a, pulled out a lot of saves. Um, I, I, not having the, the it was, it was one nil, of course it was. With, I mean, with Nice and Mess, you know it's going to be a one nil win for Nice and a one nil defeat for Mess. But um, 
it was the goal was a penalty, and for me, I know I'm biased. It was absolutely not a penalty. I mean, the guy blatantly tripped himself up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, on the balance of play, I mean, he's definitely deserved it, I think, and I think that's why, um, you know, mess coach and players in the in the press conferences didn't make too much fuss about the penalty. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't. I'm not sure too much should be read into, uh, you know, a one nil win through a penalty at home to mess at the moment. I think it's a six straight defeat, yeah. but it does look like Nice have sort of steadied the ship a little bit. Um, you know, got back to a tight defence. Though again, I think Messi scored one goal in their last six games or something, so not too much to be read into that. Um, I still feel it's not that I'm not having Ren. I still think uh, Nice, sorry, but I still think that you look at the the players they've got. I still think they should be doing better and playing better football. But uh, it's a it's it is a new coach. It is somewhat of a new team, and they are sort of I guess getting to know each other a little better. So, you know, you look at the front three, for example, Gesson isn't, you know, uh, an established striker. Joe's just come back from from Spain where he wasn't that successful. Um, you know, Nice is saying, no, no, he's definitely an out-and-out winger where, where when he left for Spain, I would have said he was a potential number nine. So, you know, arguably, he's still sort of finding what his best position is as well. So, I still don't think Nice really know what they are. I still think that the squad they've got and the manager they've got, they should be a good football-playing side. Yeah. But they seem to have just become a... Kind of, not believe their height, but... Hard to beat. Rather than the performances dictating the results, it feels like the results have dictated what kind of team they've turned into. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it, actually. A team that is um, it's, it's riding by the seat of its pants at 1-0, because, as you say, that is all that is the only result that they seem to get home or away, apart from last week, of course. But, yeah. Yeah, but also, like, as we said in the, in the pod, that what never was, like, 1-0s can easily turn into 1-0s or 0-1s. Yeah. But I think they're better than that. So, you know, if that were to happen... I just think they could be more expansive and they'd still be very effective. I don't know why they don't do it but if it's if this is working for them you know yeah. they are second to be fair yeah so. true if, if it ain't broke don't fix it as they say yeah yeah true true um a couple of games that we're not going to go into too much depth on because they both ended nil nil but they both involved teams towards the top and they were uh Lille and Montpellier drew nil nil uh probably a better result that for well I guess for Montpellier in theory, although um, I'm led to believe that they were pretty good. I didn't see the full game, but uh, the fact that Estev got man of the match suggests that uh, Leo were probably in the ascendancy there, but nil-nil it was. And uh, also nil-nil between Rams and Nantes. Um, again, probably a better point for, for Nantes, given the circumstances. There was an incident in this game, I don't know if you saw this, but... Um, and Nantes were pretty upset, and certainly that they made they made no hiding of the fact they were upset on their social media about a a challenge that um, that saw Comara uh, substituted uh, with what could be a, a broken ankle. Um, it looked like a missed time challenge rather than anything else, but it, nevertheless, it, it the, the still of the ankle um, where the challenge comes in is not the best. Did you see this just before I waffle on about it? I did not see it, no. But okay. even if it's mistimed, I'd have thought that, you know, I remember that Zuma one a few years ago for Saint-Étienne. 
Yeah. Um, yes, indeed. Yeah. Was accidental, but he broke. I can't remember his leg, but um, he got a very long band for it, even though he, there clearly wasn't any malice in it. So. Yeah, yeah, it was um, it was Dorami that um, that put in the chat that put in the challenge. I'm actually going to send you a picture of it uh, whilst we're live on air because that's the the joys of modern technology, and you can give me your thoughts. But um, yeah, the angle of the challenge was not the best. I've just sent that to you so you can have a look at it. Um, but yeah, it was not the best tackle, and uh, so I don't know the outcome of of Comrade's injury. But um, looking at the position his his ankle is in as the tackle comes in, it's not the best. So um, yeah, good luck to him and in, in potential recovery. But uh, I think on the, on the other match, I think you're right. By the way, not not look a bit of a mess. I think it's a good result for them. But mm. Montpellier match, I think Montpellier actually um, uh, Chevalier, I think had you know pulled out a couple of very good saves um, yeah. to keep Lille was... in it. And the other interesting one about that was that um, Lille. It's Buadi for Lille. I think he's one of the youngest ever players in the... I think I read he's the youngest player to start a game in the French League since Basil Bolly um, for Auxerre. So he's a 16-year-old, so is Bolly. Um, but he also is one of the... Uh, therefore, it stands to reason, one of the youngest ever to be sent off. Yes, yeah, I was going to say he was sent off, wasn't he? Um, I'm you... a little sorry for him. Ayo Buadi, born on the 2nd of October 2007. How old do you feel right now? Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, great head of hair as well, by the way. So, uh, yeah, yeah, good shout out for him. But as you say, unfortunately, on this particular occasion, uh, did see red for two bookable offences. Shall, um, shall we rip the bandage at the bottom? Um, which is, there's a saying, there's a quote for you. Uh, wasn't the best of results for for either of our clubs. Um, we've already touched on Nice getting the win over over Matt. Did you look at this game though and just think, from your point of view, that it was one you didn't expect too much of being away from home? Yeah, I think we said like the next match or two are a lot more important. Obviously, that the next one coming up is massive for, for both our teams. Mm. Um, yeah, look again, Nice are second. There, they've got a very good defence, and we've got. If not, I think it's maybe the second worst attack in the league. I'm actually, if I've got that wrong, it feels like it should be the worst attack. I mean, it's, it's as I said, we've barely, we've barely scored in recent matches. Um, I'm just going to check for you. It's, it's oh, certainly goals, uh, goals scored. Um, the Mets, uh, the goal stats are. But Claremont may have less, possibly not. Yeah, 16.29, Toulouse 16.25. This is expected goals. Claremont 14.28. So, yeah, only Claremont worse, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not surprising we lost. And, you know, going through our recent matches in the league 2 0, 0 1, 0 1, 3 1, 0 1, 1 0. So, we're not losing by many. The 3 1, the 2 0, and the 3 1 are away to Lille and PSG. So there's not a massive shame in that. But the others are all, you know, 1-0-1-0-1-0-1-0. It doesn't matter. <laughs> They're still defeats. Yeah. So, um, and, you know, arguably our best of a bad bunch of creative players is Jalo, who was at the 
African Cup of Nations is is back but injured and was unlikely to play here. There's just there's absolutely no creativity, and that's clearly that we're desperately looking for a sort of number ten or some kind of playmaker. That we've been linked to Akuta among other players. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah Mikatsi isn't there yet, but I'm not sort of blaming him yet because firstly he needs service, and secondly he hasn't played for um half a year. Yeah, but um. Yeah, we need to start finding, remembering where the goal is very quickly. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's a tough one. Whereas, from from my perspective, uh, <laughs> Lorient seem to have no issue with goal scoring, um, but they certainly have an issue with keeping them out. Um, and no thanks to Andre Ayew's, uh, Andre Ayew suddenly turning into Neymar and Messi rolled into one in the last ten minutes of this game. Um, but yeah, I, I watched. We mean, he did absolutely nothing twice. Uh, yeah, and, and then scored a brilliant goal, um, which is just so frustrating. But Lorient have made a couple of good signings. Imran Luzer being one of those on low from Watford. He scored in his debut. Um, the young lad from, from PSG, Ayman Curry, getting his first senior goal uh, in this particular game as well, all seemed to be going quite well at that point in time. Um, I should say that Sabi had put Leav in front in this game, but Luzer's equaliser. Curry put Lorient in front. Then Andre Ayew stepped up in the 85th minute, no less, to make it 2-2. Only for, um, was, I think it's Mustafa, is it Mustafa Bamba? Uh, Mohamed Bamba, sorry, the new son in the Ivorian. Um, he stepped off the off the bench to score in his debut with a, a classic centre-forward header, by the way, in off the crossbar. In the 91st minute, off a loser assist. Everything was wonderful with the world. And then Lorient, do what Lorient do, and conceded with the 93rd minute as Andre Ayew, as I say, turned into to peak. God knows what. It's almost a Van Basten-esque finish, hooking the ball over his right shoulder into the roof of the net and uh, ended 3-3. Three, three. Um, it's a weird one, isn't it, this? Because Lorient, uh, I know I'm probably better placed to speak on their behalf, but they score goals. But when you concede three at home to a La Havre side that, if Lorient had won this game, would have probably dragged Laugh back into it. Montpellier, not Clermont will come on to, but it's another dropped points and it stops the four game losing run. But when you're when you're two when you're three two up in the ninety first minute, I mean it's just catastrophic to concede an equaliser, isn't it, for any team? Yeah, I think it's. Um... I'm not saying seasons can turn on that kind of thing, but you know, you get a 91st minute goal, you hold on. That's not just the three points, but sort of amazing for morale. And you know, we fought right to the end, even though we we were pinned back with like five minutes left. We showed the character to come back and still get that that winning goal. It sets you up so well, and obviously, then conceding in the 90 whatever after that. Yeah. Even though it's a point, it, it probably feels to an extent like a defeat. And um, I think in a club which feels sort of on a bit of a knife edge, morale-wise and, and sort of civil war-wise or whatever anyway, I don't yeah. think that's going to help. Um, I think, you know, it might help Le, Le, Le in the in the sense that it did show that there's definitely still uh, spirit within the players and, and within the team. And, and as you said, a couple of sort of uh, newbies doing well, which, which you know, hopefully for you will be the start of something good for the for the next half season. But 
again, like like sort of mess. They're the kind of matches that on paper you sort of pencil as, you know, those are the ones where we need to need to get three points however we get them. Yeah. And, and so uh, yeah, you know, if those two goals have been the other way around, love scoring the ninety first and then you scrape a a dramatic equaliser, then even though it's still just one point, you come away feeling totally differently. Whereas this way, you still kind of feel deflated in some way. Exactly. Yeah, that, that that's exactly it. And the faces of Lauren Abigail in particular's face was a picture. And um, I, I, I kind of blame the Moustoir crowd here because they were doing the whole uh, way as every every attack that they are through was repelled and like hoofed up, up, for, up, uh, up to the middle of the pitch. And then, of course, yeah, inevitably, we turns into oh shit. Mount's always asking for trouble, but to, not to be fair to the crowd. But um, you know, the crowds also were kind of quite revealing in some of their banners and stuff about how they feel about certain ways about how the club's being run, especially yeah. with that sort of Bournemouth connection and yeah, uh, yeah, you know, rumours about whether Fairfield is going to be recalled to Bournemouth and, and just nothing seems clear there. And yet again, I mean, I know it's not it's not Chelsea, it's not Man City or whatever, but again, maybe it's kind of depressing and says something about where Liga is at in the grand scheme of things, that um, they're kind of at the whim of a team like Bournemouth. Yeah, 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 here, here. I completely agree. It doesn't help either, as you say, when you're bringing in players like, say, Bamba, Scoring on his debut, I think Imran Loser, we we know from Nantes is a good good quality signing. A couple of good additions there, but if you're going to lose a player like Ramon Fever, who's been so pivotal to everything they've done well this season, or or not, not knowing just doesn't help. So not ideal at all. Um the final game I wanted to touch on really is is the Strasbourg game. They drew with Claremont in uh, this particular fixture. Um it's it's a good point for Claremont in the situation because Dion had put Strasbourg in front before Nicolaisen equalised. But um, is it another another case of what could have been for Clermont? Because they're second bottom now, 15 points. Um, and again, you know, they won last week in, in the pub that never was when they beat Nantes. But they will probably look at this as a missed opportunity, would you say? Uh, to an extent. I mean, Strasbourg have, have been sort of decent enough recently without kind of... Um, grabbing anyone's imagination i think they've, they've been on a decent run mm. so to get a point against them coming from behind i suppose you could you know you can take a bit of heart from that and you know there's all the making fun of monaco and everything is it's hilarious sort of seeing any coverage from Clermont. it looks yeah. like a sort of sunday league i mean because there's works going on but it seems like most of the pitch there's absolutely no one there yeah um, so i don't you know i think The fact that Clermont are still in the top division is a bonus. I don't think anyone within the club would probably still be expecting that. And so um, I don't think... You can't say Clermont being second bottom means they're a crisis club because they're always going to be... They should, by rights, kind of be down there. And what they did last year was fantastic. And, um, you know, the decent results that they've had at times at times this year they haven't really built a run together but they've had a few decent results you know yeah. drawing with PSG for example beating Lyon um beating Lorient and Metz you know um yeah. well, no, they, drew, they didn't they drew with Metz drew with Metz yeah. oh, they beat them in the cup on penalties um 
yeah uh, it might just be that they're finding their level but i think they've got decent players and they still play very well as a team so i still think they've got a decent chance of staying up just because i think again there's at least two teams mentioning no names who are probably worse than them or they're going to contrive to end up worse than them even though arguably maybe both teams on paper are should be giving them a run for their money. Yeah. So I don't... Yeah, missed opportunity because Strasbourg aren't an elite team and you're playing them at home, but maybe, you know, it's not the same as if they were to sort of draw at home to Mess or Lorient, for example. Actually, Mess beat them, I think, way, probably undeservedly. <laughs> your, your word's not mine. Yeah, agreed. I, I do think... I think the only other... The, the game we haven't actually mentioned, which we'll just mention here in passing, was the, the 2-0 win for Lens away at Toulouse, uh, featuring a terrific goal from Andy Dewey, if you haven't seen that, it's worth looking up. Um, also, one of the worst penalties I've ever seen from uh, Sierra for Toulouse, which was never a pen, by the way. How that was given is beyond me. But um, That's Sierra, who also missed the crucial penalty in the penalty shootout in the Coupe de France. Yeah, of course it was, wasn't where, it? You're absolutely right, yeah. I think it was... Every player scored, so it went yeah. to the twenty, well, like the twelfth set of penalties, and he had to take again. Like the first two, he took had to take again, and he missed. Yeah, and he missed this week. But of course, the previous week when it came to beating Mess one 0 that one he was fine. Score, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This this one was not a good effort at all, and it it could have led to an interesting last few minutes because it would have been two one had you put that away, but sort of drags Toulouse back into... I mean, they were never really out of it, but as the table stands now, you know, you can throw a coin between Lorient, Clermont, Lyon, Metz, Toulouse, arguably Nantes and Montpellier in that mix as well. So I think, again, I mean, unless I'm wrong, if you look at goals scored, mm. I mean, Toulouse, considering they they ditched Montagne for a supposedly sort of more entertaining football, and considering they've got... Uh, you know, Dalingo's, I think, a decent striker. Yeah, being linked um, away this month as well. Was yeah. it 16 goals, the same as Mess? I mean, that's yep. that's 16, awful. 16.29 expected goals, yeah. So only only Mess and uh, Clermont below them in, in terms of goals expected. So, yeah, yeah, not not good, not good. And as, as you rightly said, if they lose Dalingo, I mean, that would be catastrophic. He is being talked about by a few clubs in, in Europe at the moment with the, the deadline coming close. So that'll be interesting. And let's not forget they're still in Europe. So how they manage the rest of the season is is a tough one. Um, as a L'Oreal fan, I hope they crash and burn. Um, <laughs> before we get out of here, because we are a little bit pressed for time this week, um, let's have a look at the fixtures upcoming. And uh, you made reference to a game between yours and mine, uh, which we'll touch on. But um, the weekend's action gets underway on Friday, which will be the 2nd, yeah, 2nd of February, which is Strasbourg against PSG. It's an 8pm UK uh, kickoff time. Uh, Rennes against Montpellier is the early game, or 4 o'clock anyway, on the Saturday. Uh, Rennes hosting Montpellier, that is. Nantes against Lens. That's quite a big one for the home side, but in particular, that's the evening game on Saturday. Then you've got the midday kickoff between Monaco and La Havre on Sunday. It's the 4th of February. And then followed up by the three games at 2 pm, which is Lille hosting Clermont. Uh, Metz against Lorient. So that is our, our big Jazz. And uh, Rams against Toulouse. Another tough looking assignment for Toulouse away from home. Brest against Nice, that's second against third, if I'm not mistaken, at the moment. That's at uh, 4.05pm. And um, we've got a bit of a cracker. Uh, Lyon against Marseille. 
if it goes ahead and if buses are left intact and everything that goes with it, I shouldn't really joke, but uh, yeah, we all know what happened at the velodrome between these two. Um, so you would suspect there may be uh, quite a heavy police presence in this one. I think it's fair to say uh, that one not to be missed on Sunday evening. Um, just before we do leave, just is it a case of if there is a winner between our two respective clubs, um, that could be pivotal. You mentioned earlier on about momentum and, uh, on things seasons change um, is that how you're viewing this, this particular fixture potentially I don't want to say pivotal but you feel like it's you know if if you lose we open up a six point gap yeah, and that's quite a lot even at this stage of the season yeah if you win if we lose then you're you know somehow despite six defeats in a row, I think it's something like 10 defeats in the last 11, something like that, we are somehow actually still out of the relegation and even playoff places. Mm-hmm. Um, you you beat us and we're, you're obviously like, you know, depending on other results, lifted up the, up the bottom or either way sort of sucking other teams in. So I don't think it's, you know, I don't think either team... Uh, can kind of come out of this game feeling fantastic about life. But um, I think the loser, if there is one, can feel pretty, pretty bad either way. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm not looking forward to it. I, I have a horrible, horrible feeling about it. But uh, yeah, whatever happens, I'm sure we'll still, we'll still see eye to eye next week, I promise. Good stuff. Right. Uh, we are going to get out of here this week then. Um, thank you very much for being patient with us uh, for last week's um, monumentally brilliant podcast that nobody will ever hear. Apologies again for that. But uh, hopefully if you're listening to this one, um, all has gone well this week and uh, hopefully we'll have Phil back with us next week as well. Um, we're not going to go into Group de France because that was last week now and it's in the past, but we will cover uh, what happens uh, in the next draw. And of course, uh, who goes where in the transfers next week? I've got a busy week ahead of me and trying to fish through uh, what inevitable last minute deals occur. Although I think it's been the quietest transfer window I can ever remember, but there has been a bit of movement in France. So we will even Mbappe's gone quiet, which is weird. Yeah, it is a bit weird, isn't it? Although I wonder if that's a bit to do with um, certain destinations that you could be in doubt with. And yeah, I don't know. It seems to be quite a lot going on with Madrid at the moment, and certainly a lot going on at Barcelona. That's for sure. But it's probably yeah, it's probably angling for the managers' role. At <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sing the theme tune, write the theme tune. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, whatever happens will be across the uh, the major or indeed the smaller moves. I say a lot of the lower lower end of the clubs are are making moves this transfer window. So we will be across that next week. But that is for next week. And this has been this week. So, Jess, thank you very much for your time this evening. Much appreciated. No problem. And uh, whichever game you are taking in this week, uh, to make sure you do not miss that game on Sunday night, because that should be a cracker between Leon and Marseille. But whichever team you are affiliated with, whichever game you're watching, enjoy your French football. Thank you again for being patient with us. And we'll speak to you very soon. <laughs>